If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. Their reactions, as soon as they saw those characters pop up and start talking to you, were mind-boggling. This way, a kid is proactively choosing to use our AR experience and use the book. Cheryl Bayer is in the business of creating magic through augmented reality. And in the process, she's getting kids to fall in love with reading. Cheryl is the CEO of Santa Monica-based Living Pop-Ups, an interactive AR content platform and media company. And as teachers and parents deal with the challenges of homeschool education during the pandemic, Living Pop-Ups offers a unique learning tool. Their most recent project, brings to life the first four volumes of the beloved classic, The Boxcar Children, through augmented reality. The animated characters pop up from the pages to engage their young readers. And Cheryl, who has a professional background in both education and the entertainment industry, says that additional projects are currently in the works. Cheryl, at the very center of what you're doing, both in education and entertainment, is storytelling. And before we get to talking about what you're doing with Living Pop-Ups, I'd love to know how storytelling first became magical for you. I think from when I was little and my grandparents started telling me stories about where they grew up and what life was about and what they had gone through, I realized the importance of sharing stories the same way you would around a campfire, the same way the cowboys did and the Indians did as they were traveling and had nothing else to look at but the stars. So imagination, creativity, and sharing a good story feels like everybody can relate to something like that. What wonderful memories you must have, too, of your grandparents' stories. Oh, yes, big time. With that in mind, Living Pop-Up's mission statement says that your goal is to promote a love of education, books, and world travel through the use of leading technology. What are some of the ways that you're doing that right now against the background of this pandemic? Well, there's a couple of things. So in education, you know, the beauty is that schools are desperately wanting to get books to children so that they engage in reading. And they realize that if nothing else, literacy is the most important thing. So they see what we're doing at Living Pop-Ups as a window for an opportunity for them to be able to promote education, inspire kids to stay in a book. The characters pop up from the material, ask them questions about what they're reading, and instead of it being a teacher or a parent or a guardian, it is what feels like a peer-to-peer learning experience that a character is saying to you and redirecting you back into the book to say, hey, maybe reread this page. You might find the answer here. So we never tell a child where the answer is, but we empower them to have another opportunity. And this particular project had an even further reach than Cheryl and her staff had envisioned. Well, the Boxcar Children has been very impactful and powerful. We were in Costco over the holidays as a box set, and we launched the first four books in English and the first book in both English and in Spanish, soon to come more. And what we realized is, A, 
there are certain schools that use it as a second grade reader. There are certain schools that use it as a third grade reader. And depending on the school, they might use it as a fourth grade reader. So it has a wider appeal than we had even imagined. Also, it's used for kids with learning differences with our augmented reality experience because a classroom or, like I said, children of multi-neurodiversity really the expansion of the neurodiverse world is that characters, they are visual. And kids can then be reading the words and then being asked context to the question. And then, like I said, being redirected back into the material. And still there are studies that show that when you're holding a book and actually reading the material, it far more penetrates and has better retention than reading online. So it becomes a dynamic experience using what a child knows as human behavior. They know how to use their phone. They know how to use the camera. And we have them read the material and then being asked the questions every so often. And it's been an incredible experience. And what we've seen is socioeconomically, it does not matter. Principals, head of public libraries, they see this is an opportunity for all kids to really be empowered to read. And in fact, your website says that you reach out to all learners regardless of economic circumstances. What if somebody listening right now is a teacher in an area where people really don't have that much money and they're thinking, well, AR is great if you have a lot of money, but what would you say to them? What a great question. So what I would say to people who think that they don't have a lot of money is we are Right now, you can go to the library. You can check out the book. It's been around for 75 years. It's the same Boxcar Children, book one. And you can download the app, and if you email us, we can give it to you for free. Right now, we are offering to Title I schools a bundle, and Title I schools have a certain budget, and we have had certain Title I schools say to us, we'd love to to be able to give our children who even come from foster care, who they all have access to a phone, whether it's a parent, like you don't need a laptop, you don't need a tablet, but somewhere there's a device that's a mobile device that they actually have access to. So we are offering the app right now for free so that they can get the impact of learning the love of reading and learning the love of reading with the book and having an augmented reality experience. Looking on the app store for the app, is it simply the Boxcar Children from Living Pop-Ups? It's Boxcar AR, and you'll see it's red or yellow if you want the Spanish version. Boxcar AR, and in red for English and in yellow and red for Spanish. Boxcar AR, and you mentioned emailing you. Where do teachers at these schools email you if they'd like to get in touch? Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at livingpopups.com. We will have other books coming out in the next few months, and we are also targeting. We've gotten big requests for middle school because then it becomes a little bit more complex in the material, and children don't understand the themes. So, you know, we're finishing, we will be finishing Animal Farm and other books for middle school that we've seen that 
as the characters ask you questions, the teachers are desperately loving the fact that we break down the information through the characters and make sure you're understanding what's going on and keeping the kids engaged. So please email because you will, there's two things that we're offering. We're offering boxcar children, the book and the app. We're offering a Skype, like a virtual field trip from the makers. And especially at this time, it's a great incentive as teachers are online themselves. Once they read the book, then we can set up with their classes a Zoom field trip and let them know from the different individuals how it's made, which I also think, you know, it's part of the STEAM program because we are using technology, we are using English, we are using the arts, and mathematics go into some of the technology, so... Take me on that virtual field trip right now in our imagination. Where do we go? What do we see? Okay, so a teacher signs up for a Zoom, a virtual Zoom field trip with their class. And then just like any, right now, teachers are Zooming with their classes as we speak. We connect with them and we connect the different, the engineer, the animator, the writer, some of the voice actors. And we share with them the different parts and how it's made so that they can see many kinds of jobs come out of what they just did and that there might be opportunity for them, a Unity developer. Some kids are already learning Unity. So AR Kit, AR Core, writing for a script for whether it's a book. If you're into science, it could be from your science book. There's many questions. So the teacher... First has to read the boxcar children, set up an appointment with their class, and then like an in-classroom project, we're a Zoom field trip in their classroom that connects to them, and then they can they cultivate a number of questions that they can ask us anything about how we do it, and we love to share. What an amazing resource. It strikes me that homeschooling parents are going to be thinking, I would love to do this. They can do it, too. There's homeschool groups. So, you know, it's not one-on-one, but they do have homeschool groups. And there's homeschool programs online. So if they get their group together, by all means, private schools, public schools, homeschools. If you look at the statistics that there are 53 million children out there, And we know in just public schools alone, there are 4 million students per grade per year. We welcome you and encourage you to read the book using the AR experience. And then please reach out to us. We would love to engage with you. So, and we look, when you're talking about like in this time, in these times, you also asked about both mental health and you also asked about field trips that take you to different museums and historic sites. The beauty of, I do think there's going to be far more domestic travel than there will be international for a while. And I think that there are ways for us to show if a teacher is learning, whether it's about ancient Rome or about Washington, D.C., there are different things that we can do and have characters from different historical periods pop up in your classroom and help you. I love what you did previously with Leonardo da Vinci. Domestically, it occurred to me you could have Abraham Lincoln or you could have maybe Betsy Ross or somebody locally. 
Of course. Of course. Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> She's a rock star. <laughs> you know, of course, that's all in the works and coming down the pipe. And then, you know, this is a time where connectivity can, it's in the power of positivity, you can use it really in a healthy manner. So we've developed something that the school systems are interested in for the fall called, we have it called Moody's AR because it's a check-in and visually it's looking like a vending machine that kids can choose in the vending machine and different kinds of support within the school system are connected to it. So I can expand on that as it's further out into the school system. But it's very exciting to see how the schools are reacting to it and how they see it's a need, how it's very, it's intuitive to how kids already choose things. So it's making them proactive and doing things by choice and then getting the direct and immediate feedback to your counselor, your administrator, your teachers, your friends, and your family. I'll be good and not ask you much more about Moody's AR right now, but as soon as you would like to share it, I would love to know more, and so would my listeners. Oh, absolutely, and I will reach out to you, Doc, because it is, you know, we were at Team Line, and we were at the head of UCLA Psychiatrics, and they were like, you are the first people who have approached how kids will be able to see and use this and how they will be able to have friends when they feel like they're in isolation and they're feeling down. And the idea is to make people feel like you are included, you are supported, you are loved, and you are heard. So I will definitely reach back out to you. Thank you. And how pertinent would that be even to right now? Because we have a lot of people feeling a little disconnected because they have to be self-isolated. So definitely a conversation to have in the future. Oh, absolutely. I wish you'd take me inside that process and share with me your favorite story or one of your favorite stories from what you did with creating the Boxcar Children in AR. I know this probably was a dual challenge. It's a beloved classic written in 1924, and you've made it relevant to today. What was that like for you? What I think the boxcar children has a timeless factor. It's a group of siblings, four siblings, who, well, they were considered orphaned. However, you don't have to be orphaned. You can also be, they found a boxcar and they made it their home. And what does every kid love to do in their living room? Make a fort and be resourceful and use their imagination and really come up with creative ways to make their room a home, a fort a home, a box a home, right? So to me, there's something relevant that every kid I've noticed and every teacher finds this book beloved. Now, we were at ALA, which is the American Librarians Association book show, which is one of the biggest book shows in the world. And people come from all over the world, and we were there in Washington for their international one. And not only were we the only company who actually every feedback time after time after time again, from libraries to school superintendents to principals to teachers themselves to 
kids who are going to university to be in the libraries, they're like, you're the first people to use the technology in the most effective way, really understand how to reach a child, and their reactions, as soon as they saw those characters pop up and start talking to you, were mind-boggling, but then also kids who were with them, whether they were their own children or their grandkids or because who doesn't, you know, they want to share the love of books. It was ferocious, the response. And so then we were in Philadelphia at more of the regional one, and again, still, we are the differentiators because we are not just making something fun. We are making it a useful product. And then we're giving the data back just like a teacher would be, you know, doing a reading comprehension test. But instead, they're getting notified in the back end from how a student did. Did they get it right on the first time? If not, did they need one more shot at it to go reread a page? Or did they need more help and get it wrong a second time? And then we give a suggestion to the teacher to be proactive and say, hey, go up to Johnny and see if they need more help. And, it, you know, for teachers that feel like a lot of students are not diagnosed with things, they feel like they're trying to manage larger classes, they felt like this was a great way for all students to engage. And students, of course, feel like, they're not being judged so harshly. I mean, we're living in a society that still feels very pass-fail. And as soon as you make a student feel like they're failing, then they're like their confidence is shattered. So the idea is to keep a child in the material. And what better way to use the creativity and imagination of making a boxcar your home, which makes them feel like they could make a Ford at home, or use a box and create it as a home. And so it's been very fun to see the positive response for taking something old and making it new again. What if the kids see the boxcar children and say, I want to make something like this? If I were homeschooling, that might be the first thing I might try to do is see, well, how do we make one of these of our own? Are there resources you'd recommend? Yes, we have. That's, again, please email us because we have additional suggestions of home projects to do. So there's the virtual field trip and then there's the home project. And if it's not at home and when they are back in school, it can be a classroom project. Again, that's where the teachers have really found, like we've really thought of the whole ecosystem for them. And instead of being an additional, like, because there are so many things, a lot of tech companies in education are saying, buy our new curriculum. We're not saying buy our new curriculum. We're saying we're enhancing the curriculum you're already using. And so teachers look at us like we're their partners as opposed to having to teach them something completely different and burden them with more. They're trying to get through their days as it is. They're trying to be inspired by what they already have on their plate. And so they look at us like their partners in enhancing their experience, making it engaging for the children, positive, positive for them, and add value to what they're already doing. 
And we agree that a great teacher is superhuman, I think, already with all they're doing. Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you before. You were starting to tell me that in addition to the boxcar children, you were doing a number of other things to reach out to the community during the pandemic. Well, yes, we are. During this time, I mean, I have reached out to, I saw Jennifer Garner and Reese Witherspoon and Amy Adams have a program that say, you know, save our children and we'll read them stories. And Every school that has to feed children, they have a drive-through service of feeding their children. Well, we would love to include drive-through and pick up some books. And so if people reach out to us, let's coordinate how we get books to your schools and coordinate how we get the books with the AR experience to your schools. Daryl at livingpopups.com and, of course, livingpopups.com for people to see all the cool stuff you're doing. Thank you. How can people best support you as you're doing all of this? Well, we do have a nonprofit arm, so if they do want to send in some funds for us to do additional books, we do suggest, like, pick your favorite book and make donations, right? And that's to celebrities, that's to, you know, athletes, that's to social media stars, and that's to big corporations that realize, you know, whether that's a Johnson & Johnson or a Dove, they support in other parts of the pandemic. This is just another way to be supportive of our children and our future. How do people see more information on your nonprofit arm? Again, they can email either Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at livingpopups.com, or it's on our website. And I'm trying to recall just where on your website did I see that. Living Pop-Ups for Good. Living Pop-Ups for Good. And there's another new resource coming shortly. You know, we've been approached to do something with COVID-19, and I think that the reason why we've been approached to do that is because, again, we really know how You know, if you're a mother and you're 50 years old or you're a mother and you're 30 years old and you're multitasking and you have to make rent and you have to make time for your kids and you have to make sure there's food on the table, you normally don't look at your own health. The same for a dad who has to do the similar things. And so if we can find a way that we approach people who don't normally think of themselves as sick barrel through their day because they feel like they have to, and we can reach them and start asking them questions about taking care of themselves and the greater of the whole, then I think it's very valuable the way in which we are approaching human beings, and we understand there's no shame or blame. Most people are afraid if they feel a symptom. They're afraid, oh, nobody will want to talk to them. Nobody will want to touch them. Nobody will want to... You know, and we need to break down certain barriers to continue a conversation and make it a mindful one that helps them get help. Tell me a little bit more about what you are doing for COVID-19, for that mom who feels she has to power through, or maybe the dad who, oh, I've got to work, I'm, even if I don't feel well. I think we create a conversation that doesn't make them feel like we're, we use officials, We use all the officials. We use all the, like, high-end doctors. I mean, my friend has been on CNN and on Bill Maher. She is head of epidemiology at UCLA. 
We use people like her, but we speak from a voice that sounds like me, okay? I'm your friend. I'm here. I've got your back. And I'm going to ask. And so I might use a little humor to let you know I am like you. And then I talk to you about ways in which we can break this down together. Sounds like a project I'll be talking to you about in the future. Any guidelines or anything where people can look for this as you work on it? I will reach back out to you as it's coming out in the next 45 days. Great. That's a deal. I'm curious, with this pandemic changing the way that we work, what is an average work day like for you now with Living Pop-Ups? Well, the beauty of animation is most of it is you can record from home, you can write from home, you can have meetings virtually, Zoom and Google Hangouts or Skype are fantastic. So, and animators are at their computers. So we're running kind of at business as usual. And even more so because I think people find that there is more of a need for AR book experiences as a really powerful, positive experience to keep kids actually doing work. They are, and it's been fascinating, I think on Meet the Press, even this past Sunday, they were talking about the concern about, you know, traditional homework, how are they going to get it done, and how are they going to educate in the same way. And what we found is that, like I said, principals, school superintendents have really seen a proactive way of us creating AR experiences that are very meaningful for the material that they are trying to teach and trying to continue to teach at this time. Cheryl alluded to the additional projects on which the Living Pop-Up staff are currently working. I don't want to say until they're ready because I don't want to disappoint people that if they're going to look for them right away, then because that's the impulse of a person is to go, oh, they said they have X, Y, and Z. And so when we do, I will reach out to you so that we can converse about the different kinds of material. But it's all things that have to do with relevance to children and what they're reading, inspire them to continue reading, make them curious and want to continue to turn the page. And so that's that. The other things that we're working on are TV series that use AR as additional storytelling tools. And for Nickelodeon and Netflix, we are doing a show that's based on Sleepaway Camp. And that's very exciting because it's also about team building, bonding, how to be a good friend. You know, at camp, there's great, you know, you started this conversation with the great storytelling. Well, when you're at camp and you're all in a bunk, you learn how to tell the best bedtime stories or ghost stories or, and so we encourage kids and we gamify ways to help you use your imagination to tell, you become a storyteller. So there's that. And then there's also... At camp, you would raid the kitchen. So if you're going to raid the kitchen, we teach you how to make healthy snacks. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, and be creative and make them look fun. You know, that's how we inspire kids. So that show is called Camp Not a Holla. It won't be out until the fall. 
but that's very exciting. And then we have something that's a little bit more adult that has to do with millennial male dating. How much fun. Yeah. Camp Nautahala, keep your eyes open for that one. And the Millennial Male Dating Show, do you have a title on that as of yet? Or? Yes, that's called Man in Wild, and that we're doing with Lionsgate. So, Man in Wild, something else for us to look for in the future from you. Yes. You made such an interesting point in our previous conversation about if you are going to educate, you have to entertain. What would you like to say to teachers about that at this point? Well, the teachers that have been exposed to what we're doing have really, they get it and in a big way. And any conference or any meeting or convention that we've been in, I've watched teachers, librarians run, grab their friends to share and show them virally in a physical way. So I think we just, we knew we were finding a way that made like I said, I wanted it to be a kid's choice to want to learn. And this way, a kid is proactively choosing to use our AR experience and use the book. And it's making it more meaningful. The retention is there. And they are more empowered to then be more proactive in the next book they go to. And most of the time when I've asked kids prior to them using our books, I'd say, what do you remember from that book? I don't know. I studied for the test. Well, I wanted to create an experience, and I think our whole team at Living Pop-Ups wanted to create something that was purposeful, impactful, and practical for them. Cheryl, over the past three years, and now I'm going to brag on you a little bit because if I'm not mistaken, in January, you celebrated three years as CEO of Living Pop-Ups. Am I correct? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Yes. What has been one of the best lessons these past three years have taught you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference? I feel like our team really went out there with a definition of how we were going to execute using creative storytelling, making a purposeful product that also was profitable, practical, and impactful. And those have been, and as a business, making sure that all of those elements were included in our recipe. Does this have purpose for a human being? Will they feel the need to use it? Not a gimmick, not a happy meal toy, not a, oh, that's cool, and make it disposable. So for us, we have always been mindful of any piece that we've executed with, is this practical? Is it profitable? Will it make an impact? And will it have purpose? And all of those things have existed in everything we do. And so... It's been great because, yes, we use augmented reality as what I call the icing on our cake, but we deeply understand the layer cake of all the technologies that need to go into something that you build a layer cake or the foundation to a lighthouse. And with that said, it's how we collect appropriate data when data is impactful, how we collect and use a digital wallet how we use a smart city approach when we are really tackling 5G and smart city navigation, and how we make it seamless. Because at the end of the day, 
if we are not reaching a consumer or a human being and really letting them know we've got their back, we have failed. So it's understanding the whole, the greater of the whole and not just the one element. You need everything in the recipe. So for us in three years, I'm proud to say we have, from Charlie Fink's first two books, Metaverse and then Convergence, that sold out on both Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and became required readers in universities. That was awesome. From going and working with Cisco and creating a tourism experience in Scotland, which was phenomenal, that used their 5G rural first use case that was on CNN and BBC right after we did that and came up with a tour of the Orkney Islands. And that premiered at Mobile World Congress last year. That was a huge success. And like I said, Charlie's books were one premiered at CES and the other one at South by Southwest. And then coming out with the Boxcar Children as our first target book, which are also have 200 of the most common English language learning words. So we were looking at making something that was internationally very reachable, and we knew that places like China and other Southeast Asian countries use boxcar children as well to learn English. We're very mindful of how we've approached things and how we make it relatable and accessible to all. Cheryl, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Scott, it's always a pleasure. You're really wonderful. You and I have been listening to Cheryl Bayer, CEO of Santa Monica-based Living Pop-Ups, which has so far illustrated the first four books of the Boxcar Children with augmented reality. For more information on Living Pop-Up's free resources, including their virtual field trip, as Cheryl mentioned, she would like to have you email her. You can contact her at Cheryl at livingpopups.com. Meanwhile, for updates on Living Pop-Ups and their latest augmented reality projects, visit their website, livingpopups.com. That's livingpopups.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.